From Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is Crosswalk. While Pastor Clay is away this week, Kale Little, our student pastor here at Cross Culture Church, has this week's message. Thanks for joining us. 2 Corinthians 4, um, we're talking about what it means to live a life renewed and being renewed to live. This chapter has been uh, close to my heart since my sophomore year in college. Um, I was part of a group called Life Groups, and we would, uh, as sophomores or higher, kind of come alongside the freshmen and um, show them the ropes of the college life and uh, try to get them plugged into churches and, um, you know, just try to connect people with one another so that they could establish some friendships. And as our preparation process that summer, we were uh, tasked to memorize the entire book or the entire chapter of Second Corinthians 4. Um, I didn't actually do that. Uh, I only remembered by the end of the summer one verse. But that verse has stuck with me beyond that year and continues to be one that comes up, whether I want it to or not, every time I'm going to speak. And it's verse 5 that says, <laughs> I'm challenging myself here, um, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and us as, our, as his servants for Christ's sake, roughly. And so <laughs> when I feel a burden of the word that we're going to be talking about this morning, it's, um, it's comforting to know that we're, we're discussing his words <laughs> and not some young guy who doesn't really know much about life. So, um, I, I know what I do, and I'm going to learn more. Um, and we learn through this. When we think of proclaiming, you know, we think of words. We think of um, even billboards which proclaim their advertisements. We think of um, proclamations of trumpets and fanfare and, and uh, much ado because there's something that's valuable or something that's a big deal. Uh, we see people proclaiming stuff all the time, stuff like, you know, this diet worked for me. You know, I, I lost 30 pounds in three weeks or something. And, and people were like, oh, okay. You know, or, uh, you know, I invested in this company and they saved me this amount of money or uh, I've never felt my funds more secure or something along those lines. Or, you know, come to Jesus and he'll give you, you know, happiness and prosperity and he will benefit you and bless you and, and you'll never be alone or you'll never even feel alone. And we hear these things and they're glowing proclamations and we want to believe them, but we can't. We can't believe those things. And here's why, because we're asking the whole time, yeah, that's working now, but what about later? What about six months from now? You know, you went through that diet program? Great. They're going to stay off, <laughs> you know? Uh, or is that company going to continue to be an honorable one? And we hear and so desperately want to believe that faith in Christ benefits us and then we walk out the door and we experience life and we start to ask why. Does it last? So imagine with me that your identity, who you are, is a, a bowl. And everything about your life, the goals, the dreams, the relationships, 
family and expectations that you put on yourself and that are put on you. Um, the sufferings, the struggles, like everything about life, the good and the bad, is all in this bowl and you kind of understand it um, on who you believe you are. And inside this bowl, with faith in Christ, there's a treasure, this glory of God that, that gives a glow to everything. And so you want to take care of this treasure and you desperately want to know that it's yours and, and manage all of this life, but it's up to the brim. And we know that we're not just standing still holding this bowl and trying to just, you know, hold it for a really long time. Life's a journey. And sometimes it feels like we're heading at a breakneck pace down a hill to get to the destination, which we know is secure in Christ. It's wonderful. But we're trying to not spill and stumble and, and make mistakes, and, and we're trying to uphold all this, and, and we just have all that focus, and you're going down this hill, and then something happens that you weren't expecting, and you trip, and you fall. Everything comes crashing down, and everything that you held in such precarious balance that you were trying to juggle as many balls or keep as many plates spinning as possible, um, they feel like they're just falling down and down and down, and, and a portion of you even feels like, it's, like it cracks, or that you've lost pieces of yourself along the way, made sacrifices you never thought that you would. And so you're on your knees picking up pieces and trying to scoop up as much of your life as possible, and sometimes you even feel like you've let God down. Second Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Jars of clay. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. We treat things as expendable. Um, if something breaks, replace it. If we're finished with something, we throw it away and go buy a new one. And we more and more treat things in our life in this way. But we can't do that with life, even though sometimes we end up doing that to other people. We can't do that with our, with our own lives. What do we do with a life with cracks in it? What do we do with a life that's not all it's cracked up to be? Hey. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Second Corinthians 4, 8 through 12 tell us, what God does with it. And to illustrate that point with the illustration that uh, we've already talked about, there's this Japanese art of kintsugi. The art is um, when pottery breaks, they don't scoop it up and throw it away and, and purchase a new bowl. What they do is they scoop up the pieces. They carefully put it back together and, and fuse it with a lacquer and gold. So the cracks become stronger. The cracks become a treasure. 
the cracks become something that gives a testimony and tells a story of what has happened and that it has not broken the bowl out of use, that it becomes an art. And we have God's treasure in us as jars of clay, ordinary, our lives not unlike everyone else's. But what gives a, a beauty to it is the presence of God in us and the story of where he's taken us from. Y'all, let's agree. You know that every person searches for meaning, eventually. There, there comes a point when someone's like, okay, there's, there's got to be some more meaning than what I've been doing. Every person searches to be involved in something that matters. We want, we want that. We are made designed to carry a load. We're designed, as Pastor Clay was talking last week, uh, of working. We desire to be filled with purpose and for that purpose to positively affect people. No one wakes up one day saying, yeah, I really want to harm everyone's day unless they have experienced harm and harm and harm again. We know this. Verse 7 intros us as humble vessels bearing the glory of God. And every person bears the imago Dei or the image of God. And there's this balance in people of bearing God's image, that aspect of the divine, the desire for goodness. And we also bear with it the selfishness that tends to um, focus inwards and not give back. That sometimes chooses to see, to see that bad side in other people and not the Imago Day. <laughs> I think traffic is one of those places that that is shown most of the time. <laughs> I can't believe these people. What are they doing? We also mistake, make mistakes when we drive and we're always like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Hope no one cares. Someone probably does. Um, this treasure is from verse 6. For God, said who, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. I'm sorry, I skipped the point. The point is renewed to see. <laughs> there we go, renewed to see. It is the gospel that we bear that brings strength in weakness because we're letting light shine through it or glimmer off the gold. All our lives lead toward death. They do. The leading cause of death is life. You can't die unless you've lived. <laughs> it's just a fact. In Christ, death leads to life. This is a profound mystery. But what I'm saying is that as we draw closer to death, if we're willing, we are exemplifying a hopefulness and an art that transcends our understanding. In light of this, what is failure? What is fear? Brothers and sisters, the same power that conquered the grave lives in you. Jesus' death equals a failure stamp in the eyes of many. Pastor Clay has said this many times that Christianity hangs upon the resurrection. And they look at Jesus and they say, this, this man who was so good, he did so much for people and he said all these true things. He treated other people with fairness and goodness and self-sacrifice, but he died. Is that a failure? You can't have a resurrection without a death. 
just as you can't have life without death. And so Jesus was victorious towards the failure, in it, and from it. He is always victorious. And so that, that is that second point that we are renewed to share this. Not only are we renewed to see the fact that failure is not the end, that we can get back up, and that we are seeing that he reaches down and says, you are not condemned, I forgive you, I'll walk with you. Renewed to share, verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. I love how hopeful and optimistic Paul is that the words of truth spread grace, truth, and light, and it changes hearts. Paul looks at the world and says, because of Jesus, life can be different and it can be better. Not that suffering and pain won't exist, but that it can be hope and glory in it, despite it. The darkness cannot overcome it. Darkness cannot co- overcome it. Let's put a pin in that for a second. Check verse 6 again. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. Do you see it? For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, not into, has shown in our hearts. Look at John chapter 1. In him, was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is amazing. (laughs) Because the light is shining out of darkness. Even if we look back in creation, and that's what John was talking about, from the very, very beginning, God spoke. And it's darkness. It's nothing. And he spoke, so instant from darkness, light, everything, right? Amazing. And Jesus, through his death and his resurrection, exemplifies the fact that darkness does not overcome light, not when light bleeds into dark and pushes it away, and not even when darkness was there first, like a flashlight, like a lit candle like a campfire that roars into a bonfire and lights up an entire field. It grows and grows and grows. We're talking treasure in jars, y'all. This is great. And that is the glory that we're sharing. Okay, now back to where we put that pin. This is a vastly different level from the law of Moses that John referenced and is referenced in the beginning of chapter 4. What Paul was talking about was the gospel veiled in verses 3 and 4. Um, 
If you're not familiar with that story, Moses went up to speak with God and to receive the commandments. And when he came down, he had seen just the the train of God's robe. And by encountering such glory, his face literally glowed. And all the people couldn't look at him because his face was so bright. So he put this veil over his face to cover that glory of, of God. And as time went on, the, the glory, that shine from his encounter with God started to fade. And he also wore the veil so that the people would not see the fading part of the glory. And Paul here speaks of that. But he says, we with unveiled faces are beholding the glory of the Lord and by his living in us are shining that out for all to see. So we are renewed to share. And I believe that one of the most powerful ways we can share the inner working of the glory of God because of our faithfulness is in suffering. Paul is quoting uh, from Psalm 116 when he says, I believed and so I spoke. And this gives even a more complete, beautiful picture of this. Verses 7 through 11, it says, Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. So do you see how that, him just quoting that singular passage, feeds into the understanding of this passage? It's so easy to hope for um, physical help or provision. But the reason David was praising God there was because his soul was delivered from death. And he said at the very end of that verse 10, he said, and I'm praising God even though I'm saying I am greatly afflicted. To conquer suffering in this way, it hurts, (laughs) but it's beautiful at the same time. This is the increasing of thanksgiving he talks about in verse 15. Rest for the soul. Sure. So often we yearn and speak and pray only for physical respite from our struggles. But what has God done for your soul? What has he done? And I believe that when we start to dwell on what he has done for our soul, the affliction gets a little less scary ponder this thoroughly. I don't understand it. (laughs) I don't. I've caught a glimpse. So I bring this to y'all in hopes that we'll have good conversation about this going forward. When you ponder this thoroughly, you will understand Thanksgiving differently. And by extension, others will too. Renewed to share. Thirdly, renewed to survive. Renewed to survive, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen 
are eternal. Renewal comes through suffering. Every time, for even the most basic of examples, if you want to get ripped, you've got to go to the gym and suffer some. I wish there was another way. (laughs) That's just a small example of something we know is true. Renewal in light of the glory of the Lord is wondrous. It's a different kind of strength. Strength and weakness. It's a different kind of strength. Living through affliction is more than evangelism. To not lose heart is testimony. Lived out through brokenness, pain, toil, through grime, through grit, through gory mess. Why does God allow this? Why is there not another way? Why does God allow this? Eternal weight of glory from God because God. We wish it were another way. Christ showed us there is no other way. (laughs) I'm sure Jesus would have done it. Otherwise, he would not have prayed, Father, if there is another way, let this cup pass from me. Sometimes you look at the difficulty before you and you don't like what you see. And you wish you could relive lazy summers, good times in high school, good times in college, relive new love, relive the victories that felt better, easier times, to go back to the glory days, or just to get through to retirement, get the kids graduated, or get a new job maybe, a relationship that doesn't have quite as much conflict just to get healthy again or to be financially stable. And we look behind or we look ahead because of the suffering that's in front of us that we don't want to face. It's too much. But the urgency that we wish weren't so is how are you going to live today? Praise God for the kintsugi in our lives that remind us where we've come from, that give us the strength to live today so that tomorrow can be different and better. If not for us, May it be better for others around us who see that process of renewal. Gosh, it hurts to get up. It burns to press on. Even knowing the truth we just read, we can doubt if getting back up even matters. Or we just don't know how. I'd like to share with you a story that I wasn't much a part of, but I watched unfold. Her name was Mariama, and she had a tumor in her mouth. That was about this big. And she walked around with her shawl covering it. And no one wanted to speak with her or talk to her or be around her. She, she stunk. And I remember the first time I met her, she came to visit um, some colleagues of ours. And I watched as my mom and her friend embraced this woman. And they sat down and they just talked. And as the weeks went by, they would go twice a day every day to this woman's home and they would wash her because the bandages needed to be cleaned and it was disgusting. It really was. And through that process, she had never experienced anyone who would talk to her, laugh with her, and help her. And she accepted Christ because she saw, she saw that level of love. And she couldn't smile, 
but there was joy in her words. Somehow, though there was a lot of hope that it would change, get better. And as the Lord would have it, uh, Mercy Ship, is, uh, it's a company that floats all around the world and they have a crack team of doctors and surgeons and uh, pastors to meet with people in third world countries and to provide medical care. And we were able to get her um, down country and they removed her tumor. And I remember the day she came back to the village and the village accepted her for the first time. And she danced with the women and people were talking to her and she was smiling because she could. And it was joyous. And I watched as the tumor came back. And I watched as people stopped talking to her again. But her joy did not change. Because <laughs> her faith wasn't in the fact that her tumor had been removed. Her faith was in love and in forgiveness and in something beyond. And, and she did pass away. But I know where she is. What a testament of faith. I've never seen it lived out like that. And I didn't understand it for what it was. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That word meek in the Greek is the idea of a sheathed sword. It's not one of passive humility. It's one of capability. The choice for courage, the choice to stand, even when it's difficult. But it's meekness because it's a willingness to not draw the sword even though you're capable. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Lastly, as we began, we are renewed to live. It's more than just survival. Facing any kind of suffering for the name of Christ and having faith in who holds your eternal security, who has healed your soul, that's living. Can we say, as Job said, regardless of circumstance, whether I live or whether I die, blessed be the name of the Lord. Why did Jesus come? For us to be dependent on miracles or physical provisions or blessings? To be dependent on him to heal our relationships? To be dependent that if we just read this enough or say the words or believe hard enough that life will be, be better just because? Or is faith in Jesus precisely that? Is faith in Jesus a faith that isn't responsive to circumstance, rather a faith that proactively in all things strives to be always beholding the glory of God. Striving always to behold the glory of God until we stand before Him with unveiled faces and before, behold the glory of God in His very presence. And in light of who we are and what we've done and the marring of our soul and just how many cracks we all know we have, 
can see God. We are renewed from sin to see. We are renewed from sin to share. We are renewed from sin to survive and to truly live. This is the first step of being a kingdom warrior is understanding that. How do you get back up still trusting God? We invite you to join us on a Sunday morning at Cross Culture Church. We gather each week in a casual and contemporary atmosphere to celebrate the goodness of our God. Cross Culture may be a little different from what you're thinking. Sure, we're a church, but instead of religion, we're about a relationship, a community of believers where Jesus is revealed in the lives of each person, real people who truly care, solid biblical teaching from Pastor Clay Stevens, and the most energetic, fun, and safe kids program around. Find out more at crossculture.church. I want to lead you to the cross. I want to lead you to the cross. Cross Culture Church in North Raleigh, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.